What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. And welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast where we shoot the shit about every episode of Sex and the City. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I, of course, am joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? You know, I'm good. It's I'm been great, a day. honestly. Yeah, you sound incredible. And guys at home, if my audio sounds a lot better, it's because I was told I, I should speak into the mic. Correct. And so Correct. the mic's no longer like five feet from me. I was basically social distanced from the mic. I would love to have gotten my eyes on really where that mic was sitting at for when the last nowhere near well, where how we many were. weeks? How many weeks? <sighs> Since 18 weeks. 18? Yeah. All right. Look, well, not to say you were any better. I mean, lest we forget, you were recording just free standing in your kitchen, mic akimbo. <laughs> Literally on a box. On a Former producer box. had to tell you to simply stand still, I remember saying once. Like, I, you can't walk was, around while recording. I have gotten that multiple times that note. They're like, please stop moving. And now I have a desk. I'm sitting down, getting comfy and cozy. We've gotten the harsh note that we should not be near windows. Both of us are. I had my computer sitting on a windowsill. So. So. We apologize to all of you listening for our audio the low these past, like, 18 weeks, but we're getting it together. Mm-hmm. We've got a new producer, our King Brian. He's King really Brian. running the roost over here and getting us together. Yeah, he was like, um, guys, can you talk into the mic? <laughs> we were like, absolutely. We were like, we have these big foam things. What are they for? That's to capture your sound. Ah. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are... We are professional. We are ready to go. We are, you know, 18 weeks in and we're finally ready. <laughs> we're finally it feels ready like to... episode one, if you ask me. <laughs> it's starting over. Yeah. Starting over So welcome again. to Shortcomings. This is a Sex and yeah. the City podcast. Sam, I want to get into something about in the Sex and the City cinematic universe, and that okay. is the Vogue cover. Did you see it? The Vogue cover. Of course I saw it. It was Nobody amazing. gives model like SJP. She said, y'all are going to talk shit about me. Get ready. I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. the dress. I I loved just the thought face, the, the pictures the were amazing. Yeah. It made me go back to some of our classic SJP Vogue images. If you want to have fun, go and look at the Vogue pictures from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Sexy. Hot. Beautiful glam. But what do you think the press cycle is going to look like for this show? Like, are... I really don't want to see them on, like, Instagram Live. I don't think we'll see them on Instagram Live. Like, I hope it's classy. I hope we're getting a sit-down with Oprah. Like, I want old-timey press. We will not be getting Instagram Live. Sarah Jessica Parker can barely function on Instagram. Her literal avatar is literally of her eyeball. Can we talk about SJP's social media for a second? Let's go for it. I am obsessed with her little poems. Like, she's our poet laureate. She, <laughs> she's always writing a goddamn haiku for like 
Mm-hmm. Here's a picture of a shoe. Shoe. Beloved. Meaningful of life. Next steps, James Wilkie. It's like, what? And of course, never forget when she had that breakdown about the eclipse. <gasps> the eclipse. That was a moment. That was such a moment in time. And uh, her whole interview and chat uh, was really good. In Vogue? Vogue. Yeah. Like, I like that she talked about, you know, the revival. She talked about the hypocrisy and the misogyny that the women face. And uh, she even brought up Andy Cohen. And I loved how much she talked about, and she, right, she couldn't have known there were going to be two movies and certainly couldn't have known there would be this revival. Although there was talk of a movie when the mm-hmm. show ended. But I do love the care she took to keep everything. Yeah. I thought that was so great. But there was one quote that I really wanted to dig into and get both oh. your opinion and the opinion of our listeners. So feel free to DM me, but not about Alexander Petrotsky. Have you been getting lots of heat? A few. A few rogue <laughs> messages. <laughs> But then a few (laughs) brave souls willing to DM me like, you're so fucking stupid. And one of them's a dear friend. You know what? They're just looking out for us. Yeah. I mean, we're not well. No. We didn't know how to work like. This quote is, I thought it was just so interesting. So I'm going to read it quickly and then ask you a question. Okay. I think young women still really relate to this story. It's about finding friendships that matter, looking for work that fulfills you, and pursuing love even when it drags you. Is Sex in the City a show about work to you? Yeah. That's so interesting. I would never have looked at that show and thought about it in terms of, I mean, yes, it's great that they all have careers or have to grapple with it, but I'm not sure I really consider it a show about like their professional lives. Even Carrie as a writer isn't, it's not real. Even though see every her episode is literally about a column. Yes, but that feels all in some ways more creative to me, a creative thing, than her job. Like, we rarely ever see her grappling with, like, oh, my editor, or yeah. my work, is is my work still viable? With the exception yeah. of, I guess, somewhat in the second movie. And certainly we see Miranda at work oh, a lot. Oh, I mean, but I it's disagree. Just, it never felt like a show about work to me. I don't. I would never describe it as a show about work. Like, that wouldn't be the first thing that comes to mind. But then when I read that quote, I was like, oh, yeah, it is. It's about women in the workplace, women finding their place in the workforce, like dealing with the politics of work, dealing with getting married and dealing with, like, am I going to quit my job and have kids? Like, what am I doing? And it's, yeah. But do you think they're looking for work that fulfills them? They all seem to have their jobs and never change. To me, it feels like they're all fulfilled. Like, they are women that, like, this is the path that they chose. And they, like, they're doing something that they enjoy. Yeah, I guess I guess that's where I might maybe have a struggle with looking for work that fulfills you. They all yeah. have the work that fulfills them. I mean, Carrie needs to work on her budgeting. But she is never going to not be a writer. Miranda is a lawyer. Charlotte loves art and makes a conscious decision to stay at home. And, and it's Samantha, a lot about their identities at work. Yes. Like a lot of what how they dress and how they act is like, I don't want to say stereotypical of like people in those professions, but like almost it is. Certainly at the beginning of the show, I think, you know, eventually we're going to get Miranda the model. I did want to say, have you heard that the rumor of how they're explaining Samantha not being in the show? No. There's a new theory that Samantha decided to stop doing Carrie's PR, and they break up over that. And it's meant to 
also leave the door open for Kim Cattrall coming back in season two and them being able to mend that friendship. Under this theory, she Samantha is not dead. They've just gone through a friendship breakup as it relates to work, so it's fixable. What do you think of that idea, if it's true? Well, where does that leave Miranda and Charlotte? Like, are they still friends with her, but they were just like, you guys got to figure this out? Or? Yeah, I've always hoped that it's not a full fracture. It's just Carrie and Samantha are having troubles. And because Carrie's the person we are following, yeah, we're not getting updates on Samantha because she's not writing about her. Yeah. So I just heard that and it made me a little sad, but I also don't know where I heard it or saw it or if I made it up. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm glad you listened. Yeah. Should we get into the episode? Let's do it. All right. Let's start with an episode synopsis. Carrie finally hears the big word she's been waiting for. Miranda meets a bartender who tends to her and pushes her boundaries. Samantha considers an early bird special. And Charlotte is basic set decoration. Yeah, Charlotte is non-existent. What did you think of this episode overall before we really break into it? Loved. My king has cometh. My king. Guys, I... The, the bartender. I loved it. You did? I loved it. I loved it. Oh, good. That makes me so happy. It's... I was genuinely surprised how much I did. I was like, we're in it. Like, this was the first episode where I was like, yes. Like, I was I felt like we were in thrilled. Sex in the City. I was laughing. Laughing. It was amazing. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, I feel like for weeks, you and I have been talking about season one, and we're like, oh my God, can we get... To-? And I now feel like, okay, we're here. We've arrived. But it's an episode that focuses on dating myths that help or hurt us as we date. And when it started a little like, I don't know about this as a theme, but then the more we got into it, the more I really loved it. So let's hear the monologue and then get into the gals. That afternoon, I got to thinking about myths and relationships. Heroes, boyfriends, cyclopses, divorced guys. Are they really that different? The primitive Greeks clung desperately to myths to explain the random hopelessness of their miserable lives. Do modern-day singles need modern-day myths just to help us get through our random and sometimes miserable relationships? And what about Big and Me? After what seemed like an eternity of not quite fitting together, we suddenly fit. Had the relationship God smiled, or was that something I desperately needed to believe? Are we willing to believe anything to date? So... First and foremost, that's, I feel like, the longest monologue we've heard. It felt more like the show, right? Like the monologues we're going to hear later had a certain level of, you know, what we could consider Carrie Bradshaw poetry, but also some actual mention of herself and how she's feeling about Big. I thought it was um really good. I was just, the minute I heard that, I was like, we're really here. We're here. I we're often here. give an episode we're going to take on in a few weeks La Dolores Squeeze as the moment where Sex and the City to me becomes Sex and the City. But uh-huh. I think it might be this episode, honestly. To me, it's this episode, and I can contribute that to Steve. Hmm? I can contribute that to my boy, Steve. Oh, boy. Buckle up. <laughs> but we do have... I mean, if I had to knock this episode for one thing, it's a lack of shar-shar. You know, I agree. I think I could have used a little bit more. She has one job, which is to introduce the show's idea of, like, dating myths. This married man, 
Roberts fell madly in love with my friend Amanda's friend Ashley. And he said he would get a divorce, and he did. And they got married, and they moved to Connecticut, and he is this amazing husband and father. Never happened. Excuse me? Urban relationship myth. Unbelievable fairy tales concocted by women to make their love lives seem less hopeless. Exactly, except it makes you feel even more hopeless because this fabulous, magical relationship is never happening to you. It did happen! What do you think of that? Like, what do you think of dating myths? And Sex and the City, certainly, right, is a show that ultimately is going to create a lot of these myths. And even the idea of your Mr. Big is now like a myth or language we all use. Mm-hmm. Like, is he a big? Is he an Aiden? Is he a Steve? Is he a Skippy? Is he a Capote Duncan? Skipper. <laughs> like, I think it's, I find myself not wanting to believe in the urban relationship myths, but I do. Yeah. Like, I am someone who doesn't, I don't want to jinx it. So if I'm like meet a new guy and things are going really good, I'm like, I don't really want to talk about it that much because like, what if it doesn't work out? We'll jinx it. Like, you know, it's a whole thing. What are some of your favorite stories about dating? I mean, outside of this show, right? Like so much of this episode is about the narratives we need to believe to date. So like, do you have favorite dating like stories in terms of like television, movies? Yeah, I think for me, I would definitely say a major formative dating narrative or story would be you've got mail i love not only the online dating of it which is obviously more prevalent now but also the verbal sparring between them there's something like fun that they hate each other and then get back together eventually in the end that what i would say is the narrative that mostly defines how i go into dates like oh is this gonna be like joe and kathleen you hope that this person is an arch nemesis trying to put your mother's shop out of business yes Okay. And then we ultimately fall in love. What would NY152 do today, I wonder? My relationship, like a relationship in TV or movies or whatever that really sticks with me is there's two that I'm thinking of right now is the one is my favorite movie of all time, When Harry Met Sally. So another Meg Ryan shout out. I love that story like so much. They were like forced to be in a car together. They hated each other. They, spoiler alert, you know, like, you you know what I'm talking about. You've probably seen the movie if you're listening. I don't know. But if you haven't, um, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, like, seriously. And then my other one is this story about it's not even like a movie or a TV show. It's a real story about Carrie Mulligan, the actress. In education? No, it's like her real life. Oh. Yeah. So the head guy of Mumford and Son, like the Mumford from the band. Oh, boy. Him and or yeah, him and Carrie were pen pals as kids. Like they didn't know each other, and they were pen pals. And then like they lost touch. Obviously, they both went their separate ways. It was like not a thing. And then they met in real life at like a party, like a Hollywood party. And they were like, "Wait, are you Carrie?" And like then they like remet, and now they're married, and they have kids. That's so sweet. I had no idea she was yeah. married to the guy from Mumford and Sons. I'm so Isn't glad that, that the era in which we had to pretend their music was good is over. <gasps> I Come went to on. their concert and I touched one of them. Ugh. Was it Mumford I or loved Sons? It. it was one of the Sons. Oh, okay. They were really good. <sighs> Let's get into Samantha. Sorry. <laughs> Let's get into Samantha. Okay. So Samantha is the clearest that dating myths are harmful and we should not be using them or thinking about them and that they're bad. 
and she's enjoying a drink alone at a bar, which I do love that the show situates it as Samantha is this iconic New York character. It's like a cosmopolitan and Samantha. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've gotten out of the sad Samantha storylines, like where they're like, she's depressed or she's insecure or something. Like now we're in it and she's like secure and having a drink at a bar by herself and she's fine. You know what I mean? Like that's what I love about that. It does feel like this is an episode where she really is the Samantha she's going to be for the rest of the show. Again, we have to say that this is an episode where it feels like we've really pivoted. I feel like, yeah, we've really taken a sharp turn and we were on our way up. But then, in terms of sharp turns, we meet Ed and, um, as Sonny Hostin would say, our former disgraced, twice impeached, illegitimate you-know-who. Yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah. Old Trumpet shows up. Disgusting. Disgusting. I wrote it down with huge X's in my notes. I was like, X, Donald Trump. And I knew he was in this show, much like I also know he's in Home Alone too. Right. And he showed up and I was genuinely sick to my stomach. Yeah. I was like, can we get this dubbed over like they did with the JFK Jr. thing at Leonardo DiCaprio? Like, is there some CGI where we could just put him in silhouette and let's move the fuck on? Yeah. I don't need to see that man. He's like, see you at Trump Tower. I'm like, fucking kill me. So do do you remember that story that came out? I think it was like right when the nanny dropped on HBO Max and Fran Drescher basically said, oh, yeah, he appeared on the show. But he made us mention multiple times that he was a millionaire and we had to say his name a shit no ton of times. And, and I you had to that, like mention the fact that like he had Trump Tower and he yes, was, yeah. But I think they say his name an unusual amount of times. And then I did think it was funny. And he says Trump Tower. And I was like, he put that in. A hundred percent. He's such he a was, fucking asshole. Yeah, we don't need to get into that. People, I'm sure, are on the same page. What did us, you think but, of Ed though? Ed was doing it for me. Excuse me? I, he was doing Get it into that me. mic. He was doing it for me. Ed was the foulest man we've seen on this show. <laughs> I was I was into it. Listen, he's, he's an got older an man. Old he's, got vibe. Ten, he's got an old school vibe. He's got 10 to 12 years left max. Did he you like when he said her. one of his old lines, what's your sign? <laughs> She's Come on, like, Ed. I guess Ed would know, be on coast. Well, Ed's not alive. I thought that while I was watching the episode, I was like, this man is dead now. And that's really sad. Rest in peace. Um, But (laughs) it it was, I enjoyed that look on Samantha, like the dating, the older man thing. I I enjoyed that a lot. And I liked the bitchy uh, housekeeper. Now, I'll tell you what I loved was when she walked with Carrie and they were talking (laughs) about it. Loved that scene. What's your age ceiling with men? 50? Factor in millions and millions of dollars. Fifty? Well, I just met the cutest older man. How old? Fifty? Sixty? Sweetie, is he on Medicare? I'm guessing seventy-two. A young seventy-two. Your silence reeks of ageism. Are you serious? He took me to dinner at Jean-Georges. We got right in. No reservation needed. I wasn't aware that Jean-Georges had an early bird special. He's vibrant and powerful and generous. And he's just looking for someone to have a little fun with. And would that include bedroom fun? We haven't discussed it yet. Are you telling me that you are 
seriously capable of having sex with a senior? Well, you know the saying, all cats look the same in the dark. Love, and it actually starts a trend of Samantha and Carrie scenes of them walking. Some of my, yes. some of my favorite moments in the whole show are just the two of them walking, walking. down the street, chatting about one or one of their problems. And it's a duo that I just could watch forever. And it's just so sad that they hate each other because they do have genuine great chemistry. They do. And I enjoyed Carrie's look in this scene because it was a simple Carrie silhouette that I know that you enjoy and I do Absolutely. as well. And I was like, God, I love I love our girls. I know, but they, I just, the first, I saw them on the street and I just felt comforted. There's a great mm-hmm. moment later on in the show after she sleeps with Petrotsky and <laughs> Samantha will ask Carrie, how were the pancakes? And she goes, delicious. Uh, delicious, exactly what I wanted. I couldn't get enough. No, how are the moves? And she says again, delicious, exactly what I wanted. I couldn't get enough. And they just, they're, they're so good together. I, It's sad that we're staring down the barrel of a revival in which we're not getting another Carrie Samantha scene. I know. I hope, you know, I hope they can patch it up. I really do. I I, I always hold out hope that they'll I don't have any. I, I don't necessarily have any, but I'm still kind of just like, please just do it for us, Kim. Please. And Kim was doing a lot. Ed gives her jewelry. She has that <laughs> iconic clap and laugh, which yeah. is so fucking funny. I mean, she can so make... So good. She was acting her ass off. And she can just make anything work. Yeah. But as you mentioned, Ed makes his intentions quite clear that he I... wants a companion and he's going to die. Oh, what the hell? I'm going to lay my cards on the table. Samantha... I figure I've only got a handful of good years left. Oh, no. No, 10 to 12 tops. And I'm looking for someone to have some fun with. Now, I'm aware that a gorgeous woman like you can get any young man you want. So I'm willing to make it worth your while. And speaking of wild, don't worry. I got a big old pocket full of Viagra. Why, (laughs) Ed? That's not Viagra. Yeah. He's like, listen, babe, I don't have much time left. I want to fuck. And I'm going to give you jewelry. But then they go to the bedroom and Mm. we get perhaps the most horrifying shot in the history of the show. Now, did you like Ed when we saw his little old man ass? Did you like like, that? It's coming for us all. It is. So... Coming, you know, some of us has already come for. I've seen some younger man's asses that didn't look that different than Ed's. What was the name? Patience and... Peter? Peter. It was not Peter's ass. You know what I'm no, saying? No, Peter, like, Peter had, had the had cutest nice, little white man butt I'd ever seen. He had such a cute, plump little ass. And, you know, this was not that. But I was like, I'm not going to judge because that that's coming for all of us. I It's going to happen. I did just want to point out that what I appreciate about the show is is that even though Samantha is this woman who dates younger men, there's never really a monetary discrepancy. She's not shown ever giving them anything. It's more about her pleasure and making sure mm-hmm. that's always centered. That's like front and center, yeah. And so, right, when she has when we're seeing this story of her with an older man, money and jewelry and access is what makes it viable and something she would want to do. Whereas the younger men are just like, I'm just into Samantha because she's a hot ass bitch. She's not giving, she's not giving a present to anybody. She is not gifting anyone a damn thing. The only thing she gives, 
Well, I will. You know what? Actually, she does give Smith a career. She does. But yeah, but she took 10%. Oh, of course. That like she's it's not, not just more. giving selflessly. Yeah. No. Let's take a little break and then get into Miranda. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org. Let's chat about Miranda. She's in literally my personal idea of hell, a comedy club. A white man comedy show. Have you ever been to a comedy club? I haven't. I have not been to a comedy club. I guess I've been to improv shows, which are awful. Why were you there? Did you know someone doing it and you were just being supportive? Well, I, yeah. Okay. Oh, you were dating someone in the improv? What'd you say? Were you dating someone that was doing improv? No, but okay. friends of mine have. So I like went to support the friend whose boyfriend was doing improv. And I've just always felt about improv. Why don't we write something down? Right. Everything's better if we get a script going. You are the king of an outline. Like you love <laughs> to be organized. And I really love that about you. That's like the first thing I ever say about you. I say he's so funny and he's so organized. What so, did you think I, of uh, Alan Miller, her date? I thought that they actually had chemistry for the three minutes that he was on and they were being cynical together. And then obviously he's married. So he's fucking garbage. And what'd you think of the comedian himself? I thought he was perfectly cast. Oh, perfectly cast, but absolutely appalling. This is not Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Like this is sick. But he was like, to me, exactly what I would expect of a white male comedian in 1999. Even now, to be honest. That's true. Have they gotten any better? No. No. But then, so she is despondent about the state of men, just absolutely sick over it, as I think we've all been there. And it's really been the struggle of Miranda this whole season, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And she has dinner plans with Carrie, who bails on her. Hello? Hey! Where are you? I've been waiting here forever. Didn't you get my message? I left it on your machine like an hour ago. No, I didn't call home. Is everything all right? I thought you were dead or something. No. Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm at Biggs. You're at Biggs? You and I are having dinner tonight. Well, he got this veal. You blew me off for a piece of politically incorrect meat? Well, he wanted to make me dinner. So you just dropped your life and ran right on over to his? Um, I really can't get into that right now. You know what? Your relationship is exactly the same as always. It's all about him. Could you put Miranda on, please? Enjoy your veal. And I felt like this reinforces the tension we saw in season, the beginning of this season, where she's mad at Carrie about... What is she mad about, Carrie? Not moving on. like Not moving on and talking about men too much. Yeah. And it also sets up the season two finale fight in the vintage shop, where (laughs) she wants to go and see Big, and they argue there. And then I also feel like this is the beginning of the splat moment where she's going to scream. You're living in a fantasy. She's saying like you are giving up your 
life to be with Big. Like, we had plans. Mm-hmm. You left me. And there she'll say, like, why are you giving up your job to go to fucking Paris with this weird-ass man we all hate? So but, Miranda's got her yeah. foot on Carrie's neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. And uh, then, you know. Oh, God. Here he comes. No we meet old Steve armor. Brady. My fave. I'll have another glass of wine. Please. Please what? I'll have another glass of wine, please. Um, are you allowed to talk to me like that? Yeah, I think I am. Enjoy. Thank you. Steve. Thank you, Steve. Look, that's really very cute, but I'm not really in the mood. Not really in the mood, Steve. I'm not a total bitch. I just had a fight with somebody. Yeah, I heard. Boyfriend? That's none of your business. Girlfriend? Butcher. Butcher? The veal. I took a shot. What are you reading? Enjoy bartending. Hemingway. So what, you're funny? What'd you think? He is so damn cute in that little red shirt. And like, he's so sassy with her and just gives it right back to her. But he does it in such a way where it's not like aggressive. He's just being very Steve. And I just enjoy that a lot. I just enjoy them together. I think they're cute. And it was nice seeing Miranda like smirk a little bit and find him to be a little charming and like not want to admit that she thinks he's charming. It was cute. I really, I was like smiling ear to ear while it was going on. I do have to say, and you know, I'm tough on Steve. I'm not the biggest Steve fan. Mm -hmm. I thought this was a genuinely great introduction of a male character onto the show as a potential love interest. He instantly feels viable as someone who can go toe-to-toe with Miranda intellectually. Mm-hmm. Intellectually. Cute enough. He's, he can intellectually go toe-to-toe with Miranda in a way that's, like, very different from the people she's used to, like, with lawyers and stuff. Like, he is able to, like, have banter with her. Yes, like, and their energies are so completely different. Yeah. I think that was such a great casting. And... I do believe that David Eigenberg, who plays Steve, had auditioned for multiple, like, Boyfriend of the Week roles. Mm -hmm. And they liked him so much that they kept trying to find the right role for him. And I'm not the biggest Steve stan. But damn it if he did not win me over in that scene. I just thought it was really, really well written. It's just a romantic comedy introduction. It was perfect. And, you know, it was the first time we've seen a guy other than Big that will stick around. So... That, like, is going to stay more than one episode. The only thing, and this is a critique not of this scene or Steve or Miranda's characters, but just the show, you already get the sense he's going to be around forever. Yeah. Like, they just don't give any, you don't get, they never introduce any other male character in this good of a way. Right. So, yeah, he feels like, oh, this is inevitable. Because all the other ones get such shitty, janky written introductions. Yes. Where it would be nice if they introduced a guy who was only around for a week or two episodes in a way that feels like, oh, he could stick around. And I guess we'll get there with, like, the politician. And I know certainly mm-hmm. you felt that way about old Tweety Bird a few weeks back. <laughs> then, Yeah. I just think Steve is so great with Miranda. 
because she's so tough. And I think he's able to disarm her in such a cute way. You know, they always have the shtick of like, you have something on your lip and like, it's just a cute thing and she hates it, but she loves it. I I love them. And the sex is good. They have sex immediately. It's great. Their little feet are moving around. Yeah. Have your feet ever moved like that? No. Okay. But I thought it's a nice visual cue. Mm -hmm. It was nice. And it was cute at the end uh, when he was leaving. He was like, that was like special. And she's like, yeah, she does. Miranda has a saying that she says all the time. And she always says, whatever. Have you noticed that? She says whatever all the time. I wonder if it's a written in the script or if it's a if it's a Cynthia Nixon thing. She says it all the time. She'll be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like she says it all the time. And she said it with Steve while she was like doing the alarm. Oh yeah. The aftermath of their like great sex is quite awkward. So can I get your phone number? Why? To call you up and ask you for a date. Look. Steve. Look, Steve. You don't have to do this. You don't have to make believe you're going to call. Let's just call this what this was, a one-night stand. Yeah, real pisser. Stop by the bar. See me sometime. Sure. Okay. Whatever. Thanks. Bye. Great sex. And I could feel myself a little bit in Miranda in this episode is like you become like hardened and you're like not used to someone just liking you and it being okay. Like you're just used to being like, okay, yeah, bye, like get out of here type of thing. And it's. Now, I do have to tell you as much as I loved his introduction scene, Steve is on one and I started to hate him immediately. Why? He's so fucking annoying. She's like, get out of here, buddy, after they finish. And then for him to show up the next day and ring her doorbell and literally say, oh, you don't want me to say what I want to say, like, do to you. Your neighbors will hear. Get out of here. He's like harassing her. No, shut up. He was being cute and flirty. Like, if the guy that you liked like said that to you, you would be like, okay, fine. If if anyone I liked showed up at my home unexpected... And harassed me into letting them in, I would be disgusted, angry, and potentially get a restraining order. I enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. I like that he, you know, is very sexy with her. He's very attracted to her. I just, I loved it so much. I did think that Miranda espoused my dating philosophy at one moment when Steve says, what, I can't come? And she basically says, no, just because we had sex does not mean I want to have dinner with you. (laughs) <laughs> right and those but are that and that, also... i only say that is my dating philosophy because those are two different experiences wanting to have dinner with someone and wanting to sleep with them two different things that's like with you in the movies it's like i can want to sleep with you but i'm not taking you to the movies oh that's i like don't you, like taking nobody very... to the movies for the most yeah. part yeah and yeah. eating is even more intimate yeah it's i agree she does end up letting steve know where they're well, meeting big later oh what I thought it was cute that, see, I really love Steve. Oh, my Um, God. Yeah, so sorry. (laughs) Is this what it was like when I was defending Big? 
Is this how you felt? Yeah, a little. Um, for sure. I'm like, I was ready to move on. I did not think we were going to wax poetic more. Oh, no. We're, I'm going to keep going a little bit. All I right. enjoyed the part where he was like, what time are you meeting them? And then he was like, wait, what time are you really meeting them? Like, he he calls her on her shit, and I but like that. But have some self-respect. If, you have, if you've noticed she it's lied to you, leave. It's not about that. It's not about that. She I don't, don't want to see that. you, baby. He knows she does. He he made it clear she does not. But he's he like, does I don't not care. know his worth yet. <laughs> okay, well, I should also I say that it. this I love. Um, and I think this is in the season two finale. So there's a little juxtaposition there when he he'll spend some time at her door again after she runs from him, and then he'll accost her and say that is so fucked up. Yeah. And then she cries. They have cries. a lot of doorway scenes. They, yeah, he can't, much like Carrie, maybe uh, Miranda is his big. Steve just can't get in. That's very true. That, so wow. maybe Miranda and Big should have been together. No. Miranda would have stabbed him at some point and then defended <laughs> yeah. it as like, he had it coming. Yeah, 100%. But she's so fucking rude to him at, so the, at denial. Rude. And she refuses to let him in and to admit anything to him. Just one quick question and I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Why do you hate guys so much? Excuse me? We just met, so I know that ain't all about me. Wait, wait, wait! What? What do you want? I just want to get to know you better. Do me a favor. Can you for one second believe that maybe I'm not some full of shit guy? That maybe I do like you. That maybe the other night was special. Do you think that maybe you can believe that? No. Maybe I've just slept with too many bartenders. Well, even at the table, like that was so awkward with everybody. And she goes like, and gets them drinks. Yeah, and then he comes back, and then she's just a fucking bitch, to be honest. And like even Samantha's like, ooh, that was <laughs> even that Samantha's was weird. like, woof. Yeah, she was like, ugh. That was a Because he's like, he's like, Miranda, can I come talk to you for a second? <laughs> and then he's like, why the fuck are you like this? <laughs> and then she says the famous, like, well, maybe I just slept with too many bartenders. Which I don't and think she has. I don't think so either. But um, Cynthia Nixon in this scene is so good. Like She's her, so good. Her almost, like, wanting to cry but being angry and just shutting it down. Like, it's so good. So good. So then Big shows up, and we'll get into Big in a mm-hmm. bit. And that, yeah, uh, Carrie boy. notes in monologue that that shakes Miranda into running out in the rain to make out with Steve. And it just the use of the word shaken did remind me of ultimately, and I think it's season five or six. I want to say it might be season six after baby, baby Brady is born. Mm-hmm. And the cat eats his belly button. <laughs> There's a great line where Carrie says in voiceover there, Steve may have not been a core shaker, but he was there when Miranda was shaken to her core. And while that can't have been intentional, I did appreciate the idea of, like, Steve is there to shake Miranda up. The juxtaposition of the word shaken, I noted. And I do, I always think of that cat eating baby Brady's belly button. And for me, what I really appreciate about Steve is that he shakes Miranda in a way that doesn't hurt her. Like, he makes Mm. her... You want to go out on that hill? What do you mean? I don't think he hurts her. Um, did you see the first movie? I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the TV show that we're watching right now. Oh, really? Because I thought this was a shortcomings podcast where we were doing everything. <laughs> Listen, that was I. 
I have mixed feelings. We should feelings. be very clear. How many times have I told you um, we're not talking about what Big did in the first movie? I have mixed feelings about what Steve did. I'm not just going to say he's trash right away. I'm just not going to say that. Wow. So you're going to stand out on the ledge of defending a man who cheated on his wife? Yes. Because she should have fucked him more. No, but I think it like when you're in a relationship and you're in a marriage and it happens once and like he comes clean about it and like he's tried to talk to you about it many he times. He hasn't. Yes, he has. He like tries to have sex with her and she's like, get off me. Like, come on. Like, that's not fair in a relationship. Like, I would be devastated if I was having sex with my significant other. I mean, they're not existent now, but eventually. And I was, like, into it. And, like, we haven't had it in a while. And they were like, can you wrap it up? I would be fucking destroyed. Destroyed. So I just think in relationships, I don't think cheating is okay. But I understand how it happens. Like, I get how people can make a mistake and it just be a mistake. It doesn't mean that they're a, de- a bad person. Is this really the hill you want to die on? Yeah, it is. Now I'm like really, I've dug my heels and it's, I'm fucking going down with this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I really I'm think defending you are. Steve. I am because I believe it wholeheartedly. <sighs> okay. Wholeheartedly. Well, guys, Steve is the new big of this podcast. <laughs> where one host is just an unhinged defender. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But I do think that it's... Get right, him wanna, on this podcast. What'd you say? I want to get him on the pod. Um, I've actually... Well, let's slide into his DMs. I think that's... I think, I think he's happen. available. I 100%. Samantha, Chris, so nice to meet you. <laughs> you want me to come on shortcomings? Can you, can you do Miranda? I love when you say Miranda. Miranda. <laughs> Meet me on the bridge, Miranda. Miranda, Miranda, Miranda. But I did just want to say that the show wants to kind of subvert romantic comedy narratives and make fun of them. However, this to me is when the show becomes a rom-com. I mean, of course, it's like making fun of them a little bit. But I also think it's like we're leaning in. Yeah. It's yeah. also right. Like we've introduced a male character who is so well introduced, including a kiss in the rain. Ugh. And ma- and female viewers, much like our dear Samantha Bush here will <laughs> never leave Steve after this. No. I believe you just called Miranda a fucking bitch. I did. I was like, she's a fucking bitch. Yeah, like, I am a, I'm a Steve, I'm a Steve girl. She's a Steve-aholic. I'm a Steve-aholic. Oof. I'm a Bradaholic. I'm disgusted, and I say that as someone who... <laughs> Has defended every single thing John James Preston has done. Has done. Like, and he's sociopathic. Steve is like a really actually good person. And you're, you hate him. Big would never accost Carrie like that and just ring her. Well, he he quite literally would never ring her doorbell and stop by. Ever. Like, that's part of their storyline is he never comes over. (laughs) Like, that's the whole thing. No, he did come over that one time. Remember? That one time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They've been together for a year. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into CB. Okay, well, yeah, because there's not much to talk about Charlotte. No, I we yeah, literally have nothing to say about Queen Charlotte. Yeah, Char-Char. she's there. She has a headband on. So Carrie and Big go out to an Italian dinner, and he utters that word, those two words, really, that she's wanted to hear, my girlfriend. Carrie, this is Paulo. Paulo, this is my girlfriend, Carrie. Fred? You've never called me your girlfriend before. Sure I have. Just not to your face. And I gotta say... Uh Uh-oh. She's embarrassing to me. 
in this scene. Why? Because Paolo is standing right there and she looks at him and is like, I'm your girlfriend. It's like, yes, Carrie. She's Let eager. Paolo walk away. Like, give the man a fucking moment. So embarrassing. We hate what we see in ourselves. I know, no, totally. I would be like, what? Like, what? that would be me. <laughs> Yeah. I did just want to point out that I do think yeah. this is where we see the big that ultimately Carrie will mention in the episode where she reads uh, their enga- the wedding announcement that he's kind of cheesy. He's such a cheese ball. He's in a he's tan suit. A little, Shout out to Barack Obama. He's got a little bit of an Ed side. You know what I mean? He <laughs> he's an older gentleman. <laughs> but okay, I w- but I also have to note that he does do this cheesy thing too with Moon River. Like that's a like my parents would dance to this every night. Like that's a thing he does. He's kind of yeah, he's totally cheese well. It's but also I love it. a nice Sopranos reference because the song he sings, what is it like I had a very good year or whatever the yeah. what is the, when I that was is um, 17. <laughs> yeah, when I was 17. Is that the name of it? I don't know. Unclear. That, it's a song from yeah. I believe the 1920s. <laughs> But it's the song that also opens the season two premiere of The Sopranos. So some HBO synergy around that old-timey song, season two, of both of their flagship shows. Tell me, how is it different? It just is. I can't explain it. Actually, I can, but you're so scary right now, I won't. No, really, tell me. Just a feeling. I don't know, something's shifted. It's like, um, maybe we both know that if we came together again, it must be for a reason. (laughs) What? Why is that so hard to believe? How much time have you got? What did you think of Carrie's explanation that her relationship with Big is different this time around? I think that's a nice thought. And I thought it was really well written. Obviously, Sarah Jessica Parker is a great actress, but... She also can't really explain why it's different. So I was kind of like, uh-oh, is it? Uh, I, it's not. Do you think it's different? <laughs> but she feels she's inside. She's gotten into him. Do you think it's different? Him. Do I think it's different? Yeah. Do you think their relationship is different? Yes. Oh. Then I think it is a little explain? deeper, but I don't think that, um, you know, we're obviously going to see Big well, still has some issues. Well, I think it's deeper because they've already done the whole, like, getting to know each other thing. Like, they've already dated a time before. So it's like they don't have to talk about, like, well, where did you grow up? And, like, of course it's going to be deeper, but I don't think that means it's different. I think it is in the sense that she seems far more comfortable with him. Mm, okay. Like, yes, it's not what she wants. It's not the integrated Even though love. she ditched Miranda. Well, it's not the integrate, right? What she deeply wants is to not have to ditch Miranda. She would have loved to be able to say, Miranda and I are having dinner. Which, by the way, why were they having dinner in that shitty bar? Maybe that's like, which is where they were going for drinks before. I hope so. Yeah, like, And it relax. did not seem like a bar where you should be drinking wine. No, but he was, Steve was like, that's uh, a good stop, wine. Stop. <laughs> Steve was letting her know it was good wine. We should also know Carrie absolutely wouldn't have a cell phone at this point in the show. The way she so casually opened that phone, I was like, this is a woman who's supposed to like not know how technology works. And but also like, we see her get her first cell phone later. Miranda, She says, Miranda gave this to me when she's pregnant. Like she's not supposed to have a phone. Well, she does. In this it didn't make any sense. And I was angry. You know, I'm a continuity king. You are. You really are. But so she wants this more integrated life in which she can be with big and her friends and she Mm -hmm. 
asks Big to come, and he says quickly, yes, while making her veal. What a king. Disgusting. Love but him. also, and he looked very. I sexy. think that that's what everyone wants. Like everyone wants to date someone who can be integrated with their friends and it be flawless and seamless and have everybody think he's charming and funny. Kind of like when she was with Burger. Like I don't. Okay. <laughs> I have no desire to have my like romantic life and my friendships integrated. Really? Yeah, my friends are my friends, and men are. For I fucking. would like. To, I would like to. At one point in my life, have everybody just get along and hang out. And it oh, sure, everyone can get along, but I don't need them to be like people. Really want this, like, oh my god, yes, my boyfriend comes with me to everything, and oh I, no, and he, they're like, he's like close with my friends. I'm he's like, like one of the girls. Nobody wants to be close to anyone. <laughs> well, that sounded bad, but yeah, <laughs> like, are you okay? Do you want to no. talk? No, okay. So I felt. Sad. Why do you think Big backed out? When he she shows up and he's in his white t-shirt looking fine as hell. Do you mind if I don't go? I mean, I've been out all day. It's gonna rain. But my friends are expecting you. Yeah, I, I know, but they're your friends and they'll be fine with just you. Is it okay? Sure. I was afraid if I looked up into his eyes, I'd turn to stone. I feel like it's just one of those things where he didn't think it was that big of a deal to her. Like he had a long day, got back, took, like, yeah. didn't feel like and getting he just dressed. Was like, yeah, he was like, all right, I'm not coming. I'm tired. You can come over when you're done. So do like, then I under your guys, you under that, you don't think Big is malicious then? Because I do think some fans would say he's like intentionally trying to hurt Carrie. I think sometimes I think he's just it a feels that way. Dude. Yeah, like I think he's incredibly self-centered. And that's but okay. She, when you're Mr. Not, Big, you get to be self-centered. Who else should he be interested in? But that's the thing I struggle with Carrie sometimes is she also isn't very vocal about how she really feels. So like in that moment when he was like, is that okay? She could have been like, actually, it's not. This actually really hurts my feelings. And I really was looking forward to having you come. And she didn't. She was like, all right. She leaves. <laughs> she can't even tell her friends. You can tell it's really weighing on her. But yeah, then she's he comes wearing a in disgusting shawl. Oh, I, yeah, no, I Poncho. didn't actually like that. Yeah. Sick. But Big comes in, they have him in crazy long slow mo. It was driving me insane. Oh, that's When she whole like situation. turns, I was like, yeah. what the fuck's going on? It felt very season one in that moment. I was like, oh. And remember, they use, well, they use slow mo also in season two after he touches her in the bar with the Yankee. And I was like, this slow mo is unnecessary. I know. I know. And they decide that they're having a nice time, and Carrie in voiceover says that this is them becoming real. The night they became real. Do you... I don't know if that's true. Carrie is as dizzy as ever. I think in her mind it did because he came... No, like, now he's like, okay, it was clearly important to her. I need to make the effort. And I think seeing him make the effort for her really meant a lot to her. So, yeah. I know, but then how do and we... And I like that he's, like, jokes with Samantha, too. I thought that that was really sexy when he and was, I, like... I, I do like how Kim Cattrall plays it, though. She does seem a little upset, like, wait, why'd you tell him that? <laughs> yeah, and I liked that, yeah. though. I thought that that was cute, because we all say, like, don't tell your boyfriend what, like, is going on. And then, of course, like, you you tell them. And a big has zero chill. Zero. He's like, you gonna fuck that old guy? <laughs> <laughs> I and again, do... Charlotte, nowhere to be found. <laughs> Doesn't even have a line. Nope. Not even. Um, 
I do think, right, it's interesting that Carrie wants this fully integrated relationship, but then, like, there's never a, we rarely ever get a sense of her being integrated into any of her boyfriend's lives. Like, we, she has dinner with Aiden's parents, but it's off screen for the most part. You never see her with Burger's friends. Friends. Although we meet them after they break up. Um, Right. We see her getting lost in Petrotsky's world. But it never feels like she's a part of it. It's like this thing she's searching for. And frankly, do they really even have it in the first movie before the jilting? Not really. I guess you could say that at the end, Big is at that big, long table having breakfast. And that's the most integrated their life will ever be. But then we had to go and make the second movie where she didn't want him to have a TV. Well, he was. she didn't want the TV in the bedroom, I believe, right? That's true. He could have a TV. Yeah, he, she wasn't, like, going full on. And then they were like, none of our lives will be integrated. I want a separate apartment. Yeah, that was such a bizarre movie. I need to rewatch it, actually. I've seen it a lot. I- <laughs> what did you think of the fashion? Nothing really stuck out to me this episode. I disagree. Really? Um, yes, I really, really loved her strapless dress that she wore to um, the Italian restaurant that had, it was like black and had like these roses on it. I thought it was pretty. Which is interesting because I feel like it was that promy silhouette again that you didn't like that she wore I don't the remember wedding. the silhouette. Oh, well, that dress was so ugly. <laughs> I <laughs> well, hated yeah, that dress. Yeah, nothing really Because her hair looked stringy. Like, I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, you were not into her wedding look. No, it felt trashy. What did you think of the men this episode? We had Obviously, big... Steve. Oh, you Jesus. don't even have to name um I think you'll pick Steve, too. Get the fuck out of here. I am going to pick Steve to give the fans a reprieve of me picking big every episode. God. Steve had a great introduction. I really loved that. Um, I wish we'd seen his cute little butt when he and Miranda were fucking. But they wanted, you know, don't give us everything right up front. Yeah. He does have a cute butt. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I hate him, but cute little tushy. He's a real Peter, if you know what I'm saying. He's a real. And you're a real patient. <laughs> that just sounded yeah. like the wife from Family Guy. <laughs> oh my god. Um, do you have any hot takes about this one? I mean, I think my hottest take was not even about this episode, it was just about Miranda and Steve in the first movie. Yeah, that was that's a hot take. And I, don't I, know, can't I think we get might into have to it a cut little it. bit more. No, I think uh Too hot to handle. we're gonna get it, I think we're gonna get into it a little bit more. Uh, as time goes we're on. gonna have to have a moderate producer brian's gonna have to moderate the conversation when we get to the first movie because you and i yeah. have very different takes on that i guess whether cheating's bad or not shout out to the men listening to this podcast <laughs> cheat on sam if you want it's fine listen uh, what no was men. your hot take there's no men listening to this podcast other than brian yeah what is your hot take I don't think I have one. I mean, my hot take would be that... I think you really enjoyed it. Yeah, my hot take would be that, you know, I have for a very long time thought La Dolores Squeeze was the episode that changed everything, but it might be this one. And to say that, when I... was shifts us into our score, I gotta give this a 9 out of 10. I thought it was an all-but-perfect episode of the show. The only flaw was the lack of Shar Shar. I know. But it's like so many things happened that were We had to give Steve his due. Yeah. They were like, this man's here to stay. We got to give him something good. And, you know, it was refreshing, though, to see Miranda in in this way. Because I feel like we haven't gotten that much of her. And it was nice to see a lot of Miranda. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. And she looked beautiful. Stunning. Looked better than we've ever seen her before. What's your score? 
A nine. Nine out of ten. Yeah, I'm that, not gonna this give is it a our 10 favorite yet, episode of the show so far. Yeah, we've made it. We've made it. It's all up from here. And I know we have said that at least three other times and then hated the next episode. But Correct. fingers crossed. And we also bitched the entire season one. And now we talk about it very fondly. <laughs> I love season one. Have we ever revealed that we basically spent all of season one thinking that the next season was season three? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I feel like we've touched on that. <laughs> we were like, um, when the politician enters the chat. <laughs> it's over. It's a wrap. Then right yeah. before we started, we were like, where is he in this episode? Ah, that's yeah. season three. And then we also thought the seasons were only like 10 episodes, or at least I <laughs> yeah, did. guys, we're not even halfway done. You have so much more to listen to. We're giving you so much content. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week for our recap of Season 2, Episode 9, Old Dogs, New Dicks. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. And follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Where are you, Sam? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram, and I'm at Take Your Zoloft on Twitter. All right, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I can't operate on that vehicle. But doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's... My son's RV. Oh, doctor, isn't there anything you can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms.